the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest in Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Wall Street is extending its losing streak down some nearly 2,000 points over last week. As the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell's speech at the annual Economic Symposium last week sent a bit of a chilling message to investors that the central bank will continue to fight back hard against inflation. Meanwhile, Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says she sees interest rates climbing to 4% by early next year. Welcome once again to another edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host is 30-plus year financial manager and the principal of Vitucci & Associates, Pat Vitucci, along with our own Don't Invest and Forget man on the street, Charlie Cohen. Well, Pat, certainly it's been a bit of a rough ride yet once again on Wall Street, not necessarily because of significant change in economic conditions. In fact, a new report out from the Gallup Economic Conference Index indicating that confidence in the U.S. economy for Americans is on the upswing. That's not enough to push investors back from a sense of fear and trepidation as the Fed continues to talk about more interest rates. Yeah, Craig, you're right. The psychology of the market has certainly shifted in the last several weeks at least to where the sentiment is pretty darn negative. Negativity feeds negativity, and you've got this downward spiral. We've had five or six straight days of negative performances on the Dow. As you mentioned, the Dow is down a couple thousand points, which is certainly a significant drop. There's always a collection of conflicting signals. China continues to have a shutdown issue with rising COVID numbers. So we've got to look at the totality of the direction of the economy. But look, housing is a big sector, and we know that's spiraling down faster than any other sector because it affects so many other industries. So that's been the main driver that's been the source of negativity. But we'll see. We continue to have shortages of supply. Labor has been an ongoing problem. We still have something like 10 million job openings that are difficult or impossible to fill. We've got a new law pending where restaurant workers, the McDonald's, the Quick Stop restaurants, 
are talking about a potential $22 per hour minimum for these workers. And so it continues to evolve as real challenge to the basic economy. And when you go through some, some of those fundamental things, it puts it in perspective. And then, of course, Gavin Newsom came up with a recommendation in 13 short years, California will not sell new gasoline-powered cars. So we're going to have to go to Nevada or Arizona or, or somewhere else to buy a new gas-powered vehicle. Again, 13 years from now, who knows who will be governor. The politics of the day will change. But it's a testament to transition we're going through. My fear is if we're having power outages today because of shortage of electricity or whatever pg issues are, and now we can't even drive our cars because they're electric-powered, we're going to be buttoned up in our dark homes with no power and no way to get anywhere. So I think a lot of work needs to be done on the infrastructure before we set that into any kind of reality. But it's interesting to note how all of us have reacted to that issue that may or may not ever, ever happen. But we've got to continue to look at those sectors that are performing. High tech has certainly been beat up, and there's some good buying opportunities if you're at all optimistic in the long run about the chip shortage being resolved. You know, companies like Apple and some of the others may, in fact, be a good buying time. NVIDIA, we had this morning, came up on some news. Is China going to block NVIDIA? And they're getting a fair amount of income from that country. So we're going to look at the politics of the day. We've got to look at the basic fundamentals of the economy and mush all that together and shake the bottle up and come out with some predictions. It becomes a pretty difficult equation to put your finger on the direction of the economy, both short-term and long-term. Look, we come out of these corrections always. We've been doing this a couple hundred years. I don't see this as the country's falling into the ocean anytime soon. But it does spook the average investor emotionally. We're not wired to put up with these kinds of corrections. And it is disturbing, to say the least. People look at their 401k statements and say, oh, my gosh, I lost money. I'm getting out. I'm going to cash. Well, that's the wrong thing to do, in my view, especially if you're a long-term investor. So it's always a potpourri of leading and lagging indicators that conflict and fight. We're a data-driven kind of economy. We've got to continue to drill down and look at the data and say, okay, how does that affect me as an investor? And what's my propensity to tolerate this kind of negative sentiment? And how long is it going to be? Again, I think the midterm elections are going to be kind of a pivotal point to see which way the economy goes. Ironically, some of this, of course, is to be expected, though perhaps never welcome. And I say to be expected from the standpoint of, looking at a bit of a cooling off in housing markets in the Bay Area, as an example. And certainly as we're watching mortgage demand on the decline, as the rates are on the rise, also means that inventory is staying on the markets a little bit longer. The rate to which real estate is increasing in value is beginning to slow a little bit. Could some of this spell a buying opportunity for people that perhaps have been on the sidelines for a long while, certainly with the wherewithal to at least be able to afford a 5 or 6% home mortgage? So we know rates have essentially doubled from roughly 25 to roughly 5.5% interest. And that blocks out a lot of younger people because their monthly payments are directly affected by interest rates. And, of course, the supply and demand issue is going to be turned upside down. Extreme shortage of inventory 
And I think we're going to be getting into an abundance of inventory. So it's always that supply and demand issue that we've got to balance out. But those young people trying to buy a home these days are going to be influenced to sit on the sidelines a little bit longer than normal. We'll take a wait-and-see approach. And in my view, if you've got some cash and you wait six months, I think you're going to see some really superlative buys from homes that you probably thought you couldn't afford with some reasonable prices. You've got time on your side. There's a Macy's White Flower Day sale on the stock market, in my in my view. It may not turn around tomorrow. It may not turn around this year. But it could be a wonderful time to back up some Benjamins by buying shares at a nice discount. So let's not be short-sighted and myopic. Let's really drive in there and plunk some serious money down. Because in one, three, five, seven years from now, historically speaking, you'll be real happy. You've got to have the intestinal fortitude to tolerate perhaps a more prolonged recession. Pat, speaking as a man-on-the-street investor here, it's just hard for a man on the street to sit there and analyze it all and hope make the right move and figure out the different ups and downs. And I don't want to think about it and overguess things. I'd rather have at least something somebody like you do that for me. Well, and again, you got a data-driven company looking at data, and the average person, you're right, doesn't want to look at the 50 leading and lagging economic signals that say, okay, with the markets are going this way, or this sector is more favorable these days than that sector, because the average person is busy. They're busy with kids and parents and careers and house chores. Life keeps us busy. And at the end of the day, most people are not passionate or patient enough or interested enough to go through that level of machination that requires the real in-depth review of the data. And so not to suggest I have all the answers or any other firm has the absolute right answers all the time, but you can get some hints as to which way to go. And we're taking educated guesses as to the level of activity in certain sectors of the economy. So it's always an interesting dichotomy of which way you should be influenced to uh, drive the portfolio of a specific investor. And that's what we do. We're looking at all the data, dollar cost averaging into different sectors. It's a daily, not just at the end of the quarter, it's not just at the end of the year. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat spoke of just a moment ago, why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. Easier still, you can schedule your appointment conveniently online by going to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. In addition to scheduling your appointment online, you'll also find a number of resources available through the Investor Education tab, including articles and topics such as what we've discussed today on the program. Again, that's don'tinvestandforget.com to get more information or to schedule your complimentary appointment in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. Why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE? That's 888 888- P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Don't invest and forget dot com. Pat Fittucci says don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. As a child growing up, you, you probably heard it from time to time said that if you want to begin building your credit, you need to start spending money 
that belongs to other people, technically borrowing money and demonstrating the ability to pay it back on time. And a lot of folks kind of scratch their head and say, so I, I prove my worthiness by getting myself in debt. Hmm. How does that work? Well, it's a question pondered by adults to these very days. In fact, a lot of us have never quite fully understood the lesson of what credit looks like and indebtedness and never quite came to an understanding of the difference between smart debt and dumb debt. Pat, this is a question, no doubt, of the ages, but it's a question that if investors and folks don't really come to an understanding of can be very dangerous to their financial health. Yeah, debt is kind of a part of everyone's life. You know, years ago when mom and dad wanted to buy a refrigerator or a washing machine, they saved a couple of dollars a week for many, many months. And when they accumulated enough money, they went down to Sears and Roebuck and bought it. No credit cards back in the olden days. You could maybe get credit from Josie's supermarket on the corner, which mom and dad went to. And sometimes they ran a tab if they ran out of cash, buy chicken for dinner. But when did Visa and MasterCards come into play? Maybe in the late 70s? I remember going on my honeymoon, early 70s. Wow, I'm getting old. We ran out of money on our honeymoon, Craig, and we had to have money wired via Western Union because it was one of these hotels you just keep signing off on the bill. And at the end of the week, here we are in Acapulco, Mexico, two young, wet-behind-the-year kids. We couldn't pay the bill. And so the manager says, oh, that's okay. Just leave her wedding ring, and when you get back, you can send the check-in, and we'll mail her wedding ring back. I was pretty naive, but not, but not that stupid. So we uh, got her mom to wire whatever it was, a couple hundred dollars. I forget how much it was, to pay the bill. And I was not going to leave her wedding ring there because I knew I'd get cubic zirconium back. Smart debt, dumb debt. That was pretty dumb of, of us back in the late 70s. No Visa card, no MasterCard. They wouldn't accept checks, certainly. But here we are, move the clock forward. Is your money working hard for you or are you working hard for your money? Smart debt is anything you buy that generally appreciates and the debt interest is tax deductible. I can only think of one thing. Generally speaking, your home appreciates, not every year, but over the many, many years, it's generally going to go up and the interest to this date is still tax deductible. Yes, there are limits. Check with your tax advisor, but get some equity over the years. The home appreciates. 10 years later, you say, wow, that big payment I thought I was strapping myself with suddenly looks small. That turns out to be, in most cases, a good deal, as long as you're not over leveraged. The old rules were about 28 to 30% of your income should go towards your mortgage payment. Those numbers have probably increased to 35 or 38 these days. Caution certainly should be exercised not to strap yourself with so much debt you can't take your spouse out for dinner or go to Napa for the day and spend a couple hundred dollars. How about dumb debt? It, dumb debt is actually pretty dumb. I mean, you're buying something like a car, an RV, a boat. Generally, those things depreciate fairly dramatically. When you drive a car off the lot, what does it go down? 25, 30% maybe? It's a giant number. And that interest payment you're making, even with low interest rates these days, is not tax deductible. That RV, that boat, you've got to have, again, giant depreciation early on and not tax deductible. So you really want to be creative and evaluate your debt load, maybe even reposition your debt to make it more deductible. Again, the HELOC, the equity line mortgage you have 
perhaps available, caution should be exercised. Don't use your house like an ATM, like in the 05, 06, 07 range. You don't want to get into that habit because that gets to be just a nasty habit. You find yourself with too much loan and not enough equity. And so if the market corrects like it has in the past, you find yourself upside down. And so debt is certainly a part of one's comprehensive financial plan. And if you want it scrutinized and analyzed and perhaps provide a creative solution to streamlining that debt load, certainly give our offices a call. We'd be glad to meet with you and evaluate your debt load. It's an important element in wealth building. Again, I firmly believe paying off your home early is not a good idea. You're using the bank's money. Let's say you get a 4% loan at the bank for your home mortgage and you're putting $1,000 extra a month on that payment. Why would you do that? Think about it. 4% after you get the tax deductibility of that, you're maybe down at 2.75 or 3% after your deduction on your 1040 tax return. And then assuming just a 3% appreciation of your home every year, may not happen every year, but historically 3% is not an aggressive number in the Bay Area. And so after deductibility, after real estate appreciation, that 4% loan is probably costing you zero. So you've got to ask yourself, why would you pay anybody back early? Take that extra thousand bucks and put it on your 401k, put it in your child's 529 plan, put it anywhere where it's going to get some market appreciation and the net net activity of all that becomes fairly superlative growth numbers. Your net worth will be enhanced. Again, there are exceptions to all of what I've just said, depending upon your age, depending upon your cash flow, your tax bracket. Again, this is not a one size fits all recommendation, but the back of the napkin kind of 30,000 foot view says, Smart debt is healthy debt as long as you're prudent and careful and and cautious and not over leveraged. Let's talk about the dumb debt for a second, Pat. Does it ever make sense to pay off unsecured debt with secured debt? Meaning if you've got two or three credit cards, you've gone on a spending spree. So maybe you've got two or three cards that are riding up around 19, 20, 25 percent in some cases. Maybe there's a car loan in there as well. If you see a significant amount of equity sitting in your home, does it ever make sense to take out a home equity loan, pay off all that high interest rate and basically pay off the unsecured debt with secured debt? It absolutely does. If you have discipline, if you do that more than once, more than twice, more than three times, you are labeled an undisciplined person. And now you've got an equity line or a mortgage that's a lot higher than you what you envisioned. So don't it, go it, out and run up the credit card, pay it off with a home equity loan, and then go out and run up the credit card again. It masks bad behavior. It kind of feels good to pay off that loan. But if you don't break the habit of keep building up that plastic debt, uh, you're just masking a problem that will come back to haunt you big time. And so you want to just do it once. You made a mistake. You learn from it. But if you do it again and again and again, now you're just you're lying to yourself. You're faking yourself out. Not healthy in the long term. Please let me emphasize that tax and legal professionals are not a part of Vitucci and Associates staff, but we refer to professionals versed in those disciplines. How might unsecured debt or credit card debt be dragging down the value of your financial life? Why not take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review available in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates? Never any cost or obligation. And it's so easy to schedule your appointment. All you need to do is go to the web 
don'tinvestandforget.com. There you'll find an easy scheduler where you can click on a button, designate what office will work best for you, and schedule your time conveniently online. Again, simply go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or if you prefer, you can call toll-free, 888-PLANWISE, 888-PLANWISE. Patrucci says, don't invest and forget, invest and forget, invest and forget. We have a special guest on today. Our special guest is Terry Savage. Terry is a nationally known expert on personal finance. She's a syndicated columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, author of best-selling book, The Savage Number and The Savage Truth on Money. Terry, welcome to the show. Glad to be with you, Pat. The subtitle is The Savage Number, How Much Money Do You Need to Retire? And I think that's a question on baby boomers' minds because we are the first generation, unlike our parents who worked for 20, 25 years, got a gold watch and a check a month for life. It was during our lifetime that they said to us, well, we're switching to 401Ks. A lot of people didn't understand the importance of saving and of diversifying their investments, so the boomers come to retirement with a much different task than their parents. And so it's a different mindset, isn't it? It's a different kind of attitude towards retirement, Terry? Exactly. It's our generation that's had to put up with so much uncertainty. Of course, the stock market forever and ever has had ups and downs. But it was our generation that had to deal first with 15 versus 30-year mortgages, fixed rate versus adjustable, a lot of decisions that um, our parents' generation never faced. In fact, they saved up to buy a car. They never thought about leasing it, much less a five-year payment plan. And the same thing happens with retirement. If you haven't saved enough, then the question is, what is enough? Then how do you deal with that during your retirement? The answers are pretty simple. You're going to work longer or live a much lower lifestyle than you planned in retirement. And then you have the issue of when I get to that moment where here's how much money I have, how do I invest it now when I'm afraid to lose it? And how much can I withdraw everything to live on so I make it I do? That's just a whole new issue for the boomer generation than for their parents. And so in your book, is there a unique formula that would kind of define, you know, we all have a different idea. And one of my clients wants to sit and watch soap operas all day. And, and, and the next one that comes into my office wants to travel around the world. You know, the savage number is a personal number for everyone. There are a lot of uncertainties around this. And in the book, I walk you step by step through things like how long am I likely to live? How much am I likely to need? What do I want to estimate would be the impact of inflation? All those are issues, but I do have one solution, and I hope you'll understand when I suggest you take your money to Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo, as in that beautiful island. No, 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 and you know me well enough, Pat. But Monte (laughs) Carlo is the buzzword for this generation, although all the financial services firms are offering something called Monte Carlo modeling, but they're using different names. Monte Carlo modeling Actually, the name came back in the 40s when they were working on the, um, on the atom bomb. It's a statistical method of modeling that deals not with averages, but with ranges of probable outcomes, and it allows you to model multiple variables, things like returns on various types of investments and other probabilities, so that you can make a plan either that will tell you how to invest when you're getting to that moment of, okay, now I'm retired, 
and also a plan that says, here are the best investment choices and the withdrawal choices that will give me the best assurance that my money will last my lifetime. And that's what really the centerpiece of the Savage Number is. The Savage Number is showing you where you can go. You don't have to do this yourself. You don't have to be a statistician. And now all financial planning firms are all offering this kind of modeling process to their clients. Far better than averages and certainly better than guessing. Yeah, we have our system for setting up a retirement budget, and it really takes into account lifestyle issues and some practical number crunching as well. The product of all that is pretty accurate narrative of some expectations. Of course, it has to be adjusted as we go down the road, given real-life developments as they may occur. The whole issue about health insurance and long-term care insurance can certainly throw a monkey wrench into any number crunch that we might do. We've uh, increased our modeling from, we used to say you need 70% of your money in retirement than you used to when you were working. Now we're up to 75 and 80% because of healthcare issues, healthcare premiums, and long-term care insurance, if that's something that makes sense for that client. First of all, um, healthcare itself will cost more and more. We see the premiums for Medicare itself going up. The government's made so many promises that we either tax our kids to death or raise the premiums. So you're absolutely correct on that. But to me, the, the thing you mentioned now is the biggest disaster lurking on the horizon for boomers who retire on the far horizon, but very real horizon, is the possibility that you will need some form of long-term custodial care, the kind of care that you could even get at home if someone came in twice a week to help you bathe or help you dress, but which we are not prepared for. People think the government will do that. Only after you've spent down almost all your assets will the government give you assistance, and almost all that assistance forces you into a Medicaid-funded nursing home. So I advise everyone in their 50s to look into an early 60s, to look into the potential of buying long-term care insurance. You know, we insure our lives, we insure our homes, we insure our cars. This is insuring your retirement dreams. Right now, it's $6,000 a month, and the average stay in the nursing home is about three years. It could be longer in the case of Alzheimer's or a stroke. That would eat through your retirement plans very quickly, and at, at, when you're in your 50s, Long-term care insurance is relatively inexpensive compared to the risk and, and the reality if you do need the care. That's a pretty frightening prospect, but I think on a statistical basis, something like one in 19,000 people will file a claim against their homeowner's insurance. And of course, we wouldn't live a day without homeowner's insurance, but one in two of us statistically will spend some time in a nursing home, yet something like 3% of us have long-term care insurance. So a lot of attention needs to be, uh, needs to be addressed on that topic. It's so important, and again, by the time you figure this out, you know how boomers are saying, oh, my goodness, I wish I had somebody really told me in my 20s and 30s that I should be saving money because time is so valuable and I would have more for retirement. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm giving that speech to boomers in their 50s and uh, early 60s. Honestly, if you need this kind of care later on, much later on because we're all living longer, it's going to be so expensive. Your numbers are right. In the Savage Number, I talk about the fact that there's a 10 times greater chance that you will need some form of long-term custodial care than that your house will burn down once you're 65. And yet nobody gives up their homeowner's insurance. Every financial planner should be asking you, have you got long-term care insurance? Because what good is it to save all this money if it's going to get wiped out? The more of us needing that care, 
the more costly it will be. We aren't going to have immigrants, it looks like, who will be doing that job of changing our bedpans in nursing homes. This is a, a huge national issue 20 years down, and, and that's when you might need the care. My special guest today, Terry Savage. Terry is a nationally known syndicated columnist for the Chicago Times. If you'd like a no-obligation consultation, call one plan wise That's one 888 Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Pat. Pat Petucci says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. They say that life is full of surprises, and that's certainly true. They can be good surprises like weddings and anniversaries and birthdays, baby showers, and then sometimes they can be not-so-good surprises like when you get into a fender bender on the freeway or the doctor calls and says the diagnosis looks pretty significant or even still when a loved one unexpectedly passes away. You never know exactly what surprise is going to come your way or when, and so the prudent person understands it's important to be ready. Do you expect your house to burn down tomorrow? Probably not, but you still carry house insurance just in case of the possibility. Well, certainly that wisdom in terms of being prepared for those unexpected surprises should really grow across the board, and most importantly, when it comes to protecting your financial life. And Pat, I know that for a lot of folks, this kind of seems to be a boring topic, and probably so, and yet nothing sadder than to hear a story of someone who's run into a very big surprise for which they were not properly prepared. Yeah, insurance is not an exciting topic, and please don't turn off your radio because we're going to talk about this unexciting topic. But There are surprises in life, and we all love the good ones, but sadly, uh, when they're bad ones, and I can tell you a real story. We had a listener call just recently, and a couple came in, and they were all excited. He retired, and after many years, he took the big pension, and he took the, the choice of the biggest paycheck he can get each month, and when he dies, the spouse is entitled to zero. Because he was very confident. His mom lived to 95. His dad was still alive. Hey, he's going to live a long, long time. And so literally 90% of their income was based on this pension. No life insurance, no long-term care, no trust. A year later, sadly, the gentleman passes away. And we try to encourage him to take option two, which would have given his spouse 75% of the pension money for the rest of her life. But he was having no way with that. He wanted the big monthly check. And the woman did a wonderful job of raising four great kids, very successful family, but no real marketable business skills. So the story gets sadder. She had to, A, sell the house because now she can't afford the house. B, she's got to find a job as a retail clerk. We know the pay on a retail clerk is quite modest. The story gets uglier, but not to depress anyone. Had he had a life insurance policy, number one, number two, had he selected the right pension option, all would have protected and had his surviving spouse continue to live in the lifestyle they grew accustomed to. So sad story. Again, nobody wants to buy insurance, but we have to. Whether your home is not protected adequately, and I got to tell you, We disturb people when they come in and say, okay, how much insurance do you have on your house? And they haven't looked at it for a lot of years. And we know what the value of homes has escalated to. And the replacement costs 
are significantly higher than perhaps your coverage. So I would encourage folks to call their property and casualty agent and say, give me an evaluation and what's my replacement cost? I want to make sure I've got the right protection. How about auto insurance? Do you have the right level of coverage? If you've got some deep pockets and you get into an accident, whether it's your fault or not, attorneys will find your assets out there. So I would encourage you to increase your coverage. An umbrella package. After all is said and done, when all the other limits of your policies are reached, an umbrella policy kicks in. A million dollar umbrella policy seems like a lot of money. But if you get a two or three or four million dollar policy, it's mere hundreds of dollars more per year in premium. In this litigious world we live in, I would encourage our listeners to get a higher limit umbrella policy. I call it a good night's sleep policy. For a couple hundred bucks, you double or triple your coverage. And it's all predicated on your net worth. So look at your net worth and then acclimate an umbrella policy around that. Health insurance, another topic. We, we don't need to go into that. You, you probably have adequate coverage either through your employer or if you're self-employed. You know the kind of deductible you've bought into. Not a fun premium to look at. We've seen premiums escalate double digits for the last many years. A disability insurance. If you are disabled in any way and can't work, what happens to your ability to continue making your mortgage payment, feeding your children, paying for all the other things you've, you've, you've got to look at? If you're laid up for three, six, nine months or a year, whatever, a cheapy disability coverage can really help out. And of course, life insurance, you know, we're all going to die someday. We hope we're 100 years old when we die, but accidents happen, illnesses happen. You want to make sure you have enough protection to have your family live in the lifestyle they've grown accustomed. So whether she's the breadwinner, she needs the adequate protection to replace her income. If he's the major breadwinner, you need to price out a life insurance policy. And whether you get cash value, whether you get term policy, it's all driven by what you're trying to accomplish. But our our team of professionals can give you some recommendations on life insurance as well. So I apologize for the boring lecture about insurance, but I got to tell you, there are real stories we get every day, Craig, that people call up and ask about this. And the other thing I want to point out, if if we're talking about life insurance or like a long-term care policy, who are the beneficiaries? We've had calls in the past many years, an old life insurance policy still had the beneficiary of an ex-wife or an ex-husband. The owner of the policy dies, and guess what? The ex-wife or ex-husband gets the proceeds. No way of fixing it. He's gone, she's gone. So make sure your beneficiary designations are exactly where you want to be. Be diligent. Pull those old policies out and make sure they still express your wishes. Time is certainly of the essence here, isn't it too, Pat? And I ask that question because so often we we begin thinking about these things when we're kind of ready to head into the, you know, bring the car back into the barn, as they say, and we're thinking about retirements around the corner. So let's make sure that all of our ducks are in a row. But aren't there enormous penalties if you come in very late, for example, when it comes to purchasing long-term care insurance or maybe wait and try to buy life insurance and suddenly you find out, well, there's a health concern here or there. And as a result, you either don't qualify or the premiums are outrageous. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't call your house insurance agent and buy insurance because your house is on fire. It's kind of too late, right? Same is true with health insurance. If you get a diagnosis and Therefore, it's a pre-existing condition. And then you apply for health insurance or long-term care coverage, that nursing home coverage. You're not going to be eligible or 
the premiums will be so prohibitive that you're not going to want to buy it. Stuff happens. Insurance is all about giving the liability to somebody else, i.e. an insurance company. Whether you're buying long-term care insurance, health insurance, you're buying the protection, you're trading the liability to an insurance company for that comfort of the coverage, whether it's life insurance, long-term care, or your annuity income stream. Any of those combinations can be right for anybody out there. You kind of have to diagnose what coverage you want to absorb yourself. I'm going to take this on myself. I can handle it. Or no, I want to give that liability to a giant insurance company that's A-plus rated and been doing it for a couple hundred years. That's the choice. And people say, oh, I'm not paying premiums to an insurance company. That's okay. You don't have to. But if you're going to absorb that exposure, you've got to be prepared for the consequences of handling that liability yourself and not handing it off to an insurance company. Now, if you need some help determining exactly where some of the shortfalls may be in your overall liability and your exposure, because let's face it, at the end of the day, you've worked very hard, your spouse has worked hard to accumulate this wealth that you're expecting to carry you comfortably to and through retirement. So you want to make sure that all those decades of hard work and all that investing is protected. For some insights, Feel free to set up a complimentary appointment in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. Never any cost or obligation, just an opportunity for about an hour to sit down with a member of the Vitucci and Associates advisory team, take a look at where your needs are, and then help you ascertain whether or not there are any shortfalls and what can most ideally be done to make sure you are most protected. To schedule your appointment, simply go online to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com, or you can call toll-free, 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-PLAN-WISE, or once again, don'tinvestandforget.com. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.